Welcome to the podcast dedicated to broadcasting the sermons of Dick Iverson. Dick Iverson was the founder of Bible Temple, Portland Bible College, and Ministers Fellowship International in Portland, Oregon. His sermons impacted Christ followers and church leaders around the world and provided regular Bible-based wisdom and instruction. We will be presenting a large number of sermon series in the coming months. It is our honor to make them available once again. May you find these sermons a source of inspiration and wisdom, as so many have down through the years. Welcome to episode 11 of the podcast. This week, we are broadcasting the first in a series of four messages entitled Understanding Worship. The first message, Praise and Worship, will explore what the Bible teaches about the sacrifice of praise. What is flowing in praise and worship? I'd like to talk about it. Uh, what it means when we talk about just flowing in praise and worship. I know when I just say praise and worship, you say, yeah, that's all that noise. You know, hallelujah, glory to God. They make a lot of noise at Bible Temple. Well, I would like to have you read a few scriptures. And this is just preliminary to uh, the next five or six Sundays as we go into the Tabernacle of David. I'd like to have you turn over to Psalms. The... Uh, 47th chapter, Psalms 47. And the scripture here starts out with Psalms 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great king over all the earth. He will subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. We can conquer nations. There's an invasion of the kingdom of God. He will choose our inheritance for us. And he says, I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. The excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. Think of that. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord, with the sound of a trumpet, sing praises to God, sing praises to our king, sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Now, the next phrase I want you to notice, sing praises with understanding. That's just what we talked about. We are not to be an echo. We are to sing praises with understanding. Say that phrase with me. Sing praises with understanding. That's what we want to talk about today. What does it mean to sing praises with understanding? I'd like to have you go to the New Testament now, to John, the fourth chapter. One of the key verses in the Bible concerning the subject of praise and worship in the Bible, in the New Testament at least. John 4 Verse 21, Jesus is talking to this woman of Samaria. And he gives her this profound revelation. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Now up to that point, Jerusalem and Mount Zion was a designated place of worship. And then Solomon's temple. And we were over there a few months ago and we, we saw 
where the temple was and it is now controlled by the Arabs. But Jesus said back in this day here, 2000 years ago, the time will come. You're not going to go to a natural city or a natural mountain and worship the father. That day is coming when that's going to be over with. No more pilgrimages. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. It came through the national people, the, the Messiah. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This word must is the same word must that was used in John 3. You must be born again. There is no alternatives. If you want to come into the kingdom of God, you must be born again. If you want to be a worshiper of the Lord, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. You must. There is no other way. It's not to Jerusalem on a pilgrimage. It is not to Mount Zion where the temple or where the tabernacle of David was set in its, in its historic setting. But you must worship him in spirit and in truth. David, no doubt, the man after God's own heart, more quoted about David in the New Testament than any other writing writers, uh, including Moses, was the great architect of worship, man after God's own heart. And he says, in Psalms 11, verse 1, he says that in many different places, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. The moment you say that, it means that you can praise him with a half a heart or half-hearted. But there is only one way that the worship and praise of God's people is acceptable to God. We're not doing, we're not praising so we can be heard. We're not worshiping so we can say, wasn't that a beautiful worship service? Our worship is unto God. They that worship the Lord, God Almighty, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, if you notice in John 4, in verse 24, God is a spirit. That's in capital letters. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not capitalized there. It's not talking about worshiping in the Holy Ghost. Obviously, the Holy Ghost is involved in our worship because we're filled with the spirit. If we're Christians and we're believers and we've been baptized and filled, but he's not talking about the Holy Spirit now, having some kind of physical sensation of the Holy Ghost upon you that makes you suddenly put your hands up. No, he's talking about your spirit involved in worship. He's talking about 
you worshiping the Lord with your whole heart. All that's in within you. You're to love the Lord and worship the Lord with all your might, with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul. You see, the, the purpose of that full worship that comes from the heart is that he doesn't want a blemish sacrifice. He didn't want a blemish sacrifice in the Old Testament. They had to have a spotless lamb, pure pedigree lamb, perfect. And then they brought that perfect sacrifice and they offered it to the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, they offered physical sacrifices. They offered a peace offering, a sin offering, a trespass offering, a burnt offering, and they brought animals as a form of sacrifice to the Lord. And those were given to the priest to offer to the Lord these sacrifice of, of this, these animals to the Lord. But when we come through the cross, all of those types and shadows cease. But they are only to help us understand the true sacrifice that we are to give in the New Testament era. We are still offering sacrifices to the Lord, and they must be in spirit, your spirit, your whole heart, and truth. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So the Old Testament was animal sacrifices. It was it was people bringing these lambs and goats and pigeons and so on and sacrificing them to the Lord, which was a form of worship. And it started in the book of Genesis and, and worship and sacrifice and they're synonymous in spirit are all through the Bible, Old and New Testament. But things shift gears when you come to the cross. I'm glad this morning we didn't all have to bring an animal to sacrifice before the Lord this morning. Wouldn't that be a mess? <laughs> I mean, the parking lot's full of lambs and bang away and goats button one another and but 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 you know we don't have the natural sacrifices anymore if you'll turn to first peter 2 this is what he says in first peter 2 this is you and i living today under the new testament era we come to him in verse 4 as living stones no longer stones like Solomon's temple, but we are the stones that make up the house of God. Rejected by men, but chosen of God and precious. You are precious in the sight of God. Men may cast you down as the off-scouring of the earth. You're just one of those holy rollers. You're just one of those fanatical Christians. God says, you may be rejected by men, but you're chosen by God and you are precious. Verse five, you also as living stones, lively stones are being built up a spiritual house. We come today. We are like stones placed in their place, forming, the Bible says, a habitation for God in the spirit. You are a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You 
are not going to the priest this morning. I am not the priest. You're not, you're not just the laity and I'm the clergy. We are all coming today to bring our sacrifices to the Lord. You are a royal, holy priesthood. The purpose of your, our gathering together, all of us, is the next words, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What are we to offer up? Say it with me. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable. They that worship the Lord to offer these spiritual sacrifice, they must worship in spirit and in truth. No question about it. It must be done in spirit and in truth. So in the Old Testament, we have them bringing the natural sacrifices to the tabernacle or to the temple. And there they, the priest took those sacrifices and they would slay these sacrifices and they would offer them unto the Lord. And that was an offering from the people to the Lord for his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his cleansing. And they were only a type and a shadow. And this was an ongoing thing until Jesus came and the Bible says, after Jesus came, there was no more sacrifices for sin. No more animal sacrifices. Jesus was the last physical sacrifice that was offered for sin. Now, all who come to Jesus Christ, all who come to God through Jesus Christ, now come not with animal sacrifices, but spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable unto the Lord. If you'll turn to Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Hebrews, the 13th chapter. Marvelous passage of Scripture. Verse 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually. I don't know what that means to you, but that means to keep doing it. Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share or to give or to communicate. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, he actually gives us several sacrifices right here. Our, our good works done from a heart of love, helping one another, reaching out, ministering. That is a sacrifice to the Lord. That is our sacrifice of praise and thanks to the Lord. His mercy has been so great to us that I cannot help but be merciful to others. And that's a wonderful thing we have the privilege of doing all week long is offering sacrifices of good things, good works. No, that doesn't earn us our salvation. But because of our salvation, we are pouring out our life continually doing right things, good things. Then he goes on and he says that we are to share, to communicate 
We are to give. We talked, we've been talking about giving, giving as we come. The tithe is the Lord's. The offerings are our gifts. The tithe is not a sacrifice. Uh, Brother Frank, as you remember, talked about the, the no sacrifice tithe because that's really his. But we, we come, though, and, and we respond by our giving, by our, our sharing. And so we have several sacrifices. We have Romans 12 that says our bodies are to be what? A living sacrifice. What kind of bodies? Holy. Remember, here we get back to the right kind of sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. That's Romans 12. So our bodies are a living sacrifice. You walk in the house of the Lord today, and you have not repented of your activities of sin last week, and you lift your hands to the Lord, do you think he's accepting your love when you've fornicated this week, and you've lied and stole and cheated people, and you come in? No. He says, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, doing good, living right, holy, and acceptable to the Lord. That's a sacrifice when I offer my body. Lord, I'm here because I've walked with you. Now, that doesn't mean you're perfect. That's one reason we hid for the prayer room. We want to make sure that we've been washed because we want to stand in his presence holy, not in our own righteousness, but not, not having any sins. That's why the Holy Spirit spoke to us at this table of the Lord this morning. That if you're holding those things, those resentments, you really cannot participate at the table of the Lord and have animosity and hatred and anger against people, anybody. Your, your sacrifice is not being accepted. We have to lay it down. The Holy Spirit came and spoke to us. And you can't charge God. Well, God, it's not fair. No, we're not our own. We're his. Is that right? So we have our bodies as a sacrifice. We have our giving as a sacrifice. And we have our praise as a sacrifice. Our praise and worship is a sacrifice. So if we don't give animal sacrifices and we don't do things the way we think, and it has to be according to spirit and truth, how do we sacrifice? What is the spiritual sacrifice that he says must be acceptable to the Lord? You have to go to the Bible. You know, you, you can't just decide what you're going to sacrifice to the Lord. Because he says, if you are going to worship him, you must... And it's a sacrifice of praise. You must do it in spirit and in truth. Now, spirit, we understand. That's my heart. That's, I'm involved in it. I am doing it because I love God. My motivation is coming from the heart. I'm not an echo. I am worshiping him because I love him. But he also says in truth. Now, what is truth? Well, the Bible says what truth is. Thy word is truth, O Lord. See, if you were living under the old covenant and you were an Israelite and it was time for you to bring a sacrifice to the Lord, did you have any choice as to what kind of sacrifice? 
No, it was prescribed exactly the lamb, the gold. He told you exactly what you're to bring for whatever purpose your sacrifice was. So if he, for, if he asked for a, a lamb for you to come on the day of atonement and you bring in a box of oranges, what do you think he would say? Oh, Lord, here's my box of oranges. He said, I didn't ask for oranges. I asked for a lamb. You can't, you can't do that. Oh, I don't want to give my lambs away. I want to keep my lambs. I'll give you the oranges. No, it's not acceptable. And the Bible is very clear about it. You can't offer strange offerings to the Lord. That's a strange offering because it's not according to truth. Our offerings must be based on truth. What does God say? is an acceptable spiritual sacrifice. Not what I think, what you think, what tradition teaches, what we used to do in the other churches. Let's go to the Bible. If we want Bible results, we've got to do it the Bible way. What is a spiritual sacrifice? Are there any perimeters? Is there any kind of proof that we can today offer spiritual sacrifices and know it's based on the Word of God? Yes, absolutely yes. The Bible is very clear about this. Now, we're doing it all the time, but remember we started out with praise him with what? Understanding. Praise him with understanding. On the overhead, if you would put it up, are, are nine different ways. This is not new material, but I just want to make sure we don't have a lot of echoes here. So, we have nine different ways. And I only put one scripture back of each one, but there are hundreds of scriptures that we could put up there to support what we're doing. These are spiritual activities in the house of God that are based on the word of God. So with our mouth, we will sing. We did that today. We will speak. We've done that. We've lifted our voices and just thank you, Jesus, for your goodness to us. We, we've, we've just, we've sung our praise. We've spoken our praise. We haven't done too much shouting this morning, but a Shabbat is, is very biblical where the whole congregation lifted up with a, their voices with a shout unto the Lord. Now that's not just emotionalism. That's a sacrifice to the Lord. We are biblically basing the shouting on the word of God. We're not, we're not saying, well, we just decided to shout. No, that's a biblical response. Now, remember, if he asks for a lamb, we can't bring oranges. And then the hands. We've done some of these today. In fact, we've done all of these. We've, we've clapped our hands. That's not just rhythm. And we'll be talking about that. There's something about clapping of hands that's got a lot of significance, and including driving darkness and Satan out. When you see a cat on your table, what do you do? You... Now, there's lots of uses for the hand. That's not unusual. That's, that's, that happens all over the world. Did you know that? When some obstacle is in front of you, you want it out of the way, and that's what demons are. And many times when we clap, Give the Lord a clap up. We're actually driving demonic forces right out of here, right out of your mind, right out of your spirit, right out of the atmosphere. So it isn't all. We're just keeping time. No, that's fine. 
But a clap has a lot more than just keeping time. The lifting of our hands. Oh, that's kind of a charismatic. No, that's a Bible expression. That's a Bible expression. And it's, it's really interesting because I know the traditional church, the lifting of the hands is, you know, it's. But you take a young convert out on the street who has not been traditionalized and you lead him to Jesus Christ and you say, now let's thank the Lord for your salvation. You know what he'll do until he's told not to do it? Thank you, Jesus. What's he got his hands up for? Because that's a, that's a heart expression. Hands are a heart expression. It's not tradition. Now it can be, it can be an echo. Well, he raised his hands, I'll raise mine. No, it's a heart expression. The lifting of the hands is a heart expression. Instruments of music. Why do you think we have half this platform full of instruments? Because it's a biblical form of worship. It is, it is given by the Lord. Read Psalms 150. They were all, anything you can get that will take an inanimate object and make it praise the Lord. Through your lips, through your fingers, and glorify the Lord. Our bodies standing. Standing is a is a sacrifice, and it sometimes really is. Especially when you're aching. But standing, and we'll touch these at other times, but standing. It's not just, well, let's stand now. Well, I wish we could sit. No, standing is an act of reverence, an act of respect. If, the, if you were sitting here and, and the a dignitary, the president of the United States walked in. Now, with the election on today, I guess that's the way it would be. But, <laughs> but you know, if we, if we really honor, and we're, to, we're told to honor dignitaries. We're told to respect those in authority. The president walked in. We are glad to have the, the president of the United States, George Bush. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or independent or whoever you are. You don't vote at all, which is worse. You would stand to your feet. and We'd give him applause because there's an office represented there. And so standing is very important. Bowing. Or kneeling. We've done that today. We've knelt before the Lord. Now we got the last one, dancing. It's in the book. <laughs> it is in the book. All the things that I've said, if they are true, means just like tithing. Once the word of God comes, you don't have any other way to go if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You just, you don't have no choice unless you want to live in rebellion. You just, so once, if you don't understand it, fine. Don't do it just out of echoing, but do it because the word of God says it. When the word of God says it, when these things happen, when these expressions happen, 95% of this congregation should be involved. Wait, you were doing fine that you said that. 
95% of the people express the Lord in the dance? Not me. Now, we're not trying to just dance all the time, but there are seasons and times that that expression is not only biblical, but in divine order. We'll go through the scripture, especially as we talk about the tabernacle of David, which he's restoring, and you will find that's part of the tabernacle demonstration. How many have ever danced in their life, period? May I see your hands? I don't care whether it's on the dance floor or at your, in your home, by yourself. How many, how many have never danced in your life? I mean, I'm not talking about ballroom. I'm just saying hopped around a little bit with excitement. I haven't seen very many hands. Well, we'll talk about that. But I want you to think about that. If it's truth, it's not a matter of picking and choosing. Now, well, I like this one, but I don't like that one. I like the lifting of the hands, but I don't think they should clap so much around. I like the, the speaking, but I hate that shouting when they give these shabaks. It bothers me. It's so irreverent. No, it's not irreverent if God asks for it. It's irreverent not to do it if God asks for it, though. And so as a church, we want to move into these biblical forms of expression of worship as a church. Not as individualists, but as a church. But this is God's due order. This is his way. This is what he said. When you worship, you must do it according to spirit, my heart, my spirit, and truth. And when we understand the word of God, that is truth. And then he says, now I love the acts of faith. I don't feel like it. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm just not in the mood. Doesn't matter. It's the word of God. How many people only pray when you feel like it? How many pray when you don't feel like it? Put your hand way up, would you? Wave at me. My goodness. What a bunch of hypocrites. They pray when they don't feel like it. Think about that. You have been listening to the sermons of Dick Iverson. If you find these sermons helpful, please follow, rate, and review the podcast. And be sure to share this podcast with your friends. Be sure to read the show notes below to find out how you can keep up with the podcast. Find and purchase one of the many books written by Dick Iverson, as well as other ministry news. Next week, we will share the next in this series of sermons. Thank you for joining us. 